1: just follow me, because we
3: need a little controversy, because it feels so empty without me. Alexander Talcott. Did you hear that name in the news today, Squirrel? Alexander Talcott. I didn't hear that news either. You know why? He's a 41-year-old lawyer, an activist for the GOP, who was stabbed to death in his home. I didn't hear. Gatsangul! In fact, it's a weekend where Chicago celebrates as 24, or is it 27? Shot and what? Eight are dead? That's just this weekend, historically one of the lower violence weekend, as last year at the same time it was only twenty seven dead. Yet none of that is in the news. However, in Jacksonville, where some twenty one year old Morphodite scumbag may he burn and howl a thousand millenniums, thankfully he had the courage to blow his fracking brains out, so I didn't have to drive to Jacksonville. But the more important story, he's dead, the shooter. He shot twelve or I'm sorry, he shot three people, three, and sadly they all died. And there's a Wikipedia page already on it. It's the lead story of every news. In fact, on the Sunday shows, it was the lead story. But I don't know one of the names of those poor people shot in the once great city, now Democrat, mafia, hellhole called Chicago. I don't know one of their names. How about in New York or New Jersey? How about in San Francisco? We don't know any of their names. Has there ever been a Sunday story about the shooters? Or do we just be quiet because they're all... Carteller or gangbangers. Which one is it? Or more importantly, CPS students, also honor students. But yet the, the media, the propaganda wing that has been putting lipstick on the pig that is our gangster government and the mo- mafia policies of the Democrat Party specifically. Who better to do it than Chuck Todd with hair jumping off his head like his neck was on fire and a real rich, probably portly lobbyist wife. I've never seen her. She stays successfully in the shadows for the Democrat Party. However, that's what she is lobbyist wife as every story on sunday always propaganda i expect trump to be one of my most wrong clip hold on
4: both the fbi and dhs in the last two years have said that racially motivated violent extremism is on the rise this is clearly part of that what would a president ramaswamy want the justice
3: now before i allow the most wonderful beautiful liar that uh, the, the presidential scene has seen in decades before i let him go on why is it more violent now and they're not counting the big cities who are the shooters in the big city we all know the answers to these questions but the fact that in the year 2023 we allow this pravda propaganda to go on question is what i find repulsive now let's go to a guy who i love to hear him lie to me
4: this department to do about this racially motivated violence that we're seeing on the rise
5: I think that every criminal deserves to be punished to the fullest extent of the law, especially when they're carrying out premeditated crimes like this one. This is a heinous crime. My heart goes out to the families who were affected by this. It is tragic, and this should not be happening in the United States of America. I think the fact of the matter is, Chuck, it is really just a symptom of a deeper, new form of national division that we have created. And I think one of my top jobs as the next U.S. president Is really to lead with a national tone of character that reminds us of how we are all united across our diverse attributes.
3: I think Now I love this. And he's right. I mean it. This guy is a brilliant, brilliant politician on our side. It's I mean, all he's missing is the hope and change, and it's wonderful. But more importantly, he's he's doing something that is deceptive. We're not all aligned. You see, in this nation, the Democrat base, the army of mafia misfits, they're not aligned with us. They don't want to fix the problem and have the principles of Americanism. But he's telling us what we want to hear to a certain extent, and I think it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but um, he's wrong. The people who support Democrats to this day, right now, who are, will, no matter what, vote for Joe Biden or a Earthworm, they will continue to be the problem. They are the leeches on the ass of our society, and they're winning. The leeches are winning. Part of the problem is we have obsessed so much mm. over racial
5: and other genetic differences that we have forgotten all of the ways we're really the same as a country. And I do think we need a leader and in the White House developing that national character for this country again. We also do have a mental health epidemic across this country, Chuck, that really is reflective of a hunger for purpose and meaning. We need to fill that void, address the mental health epidemic, but this is a tragedy and deserves to be called out as heinous. That's exactly what it was.
3: The Democrats thrive when you hear those verbiage, that verbiage, a mental health epidemic. Why do we have more morons than we've ever had before? Do we have more schizophrenics or more liars? Or do they simply get more attention? You see, that's the difference. We used to prosecute low-life scum. We didn't give them money and benefits. We didn't pay off their houses and loans. We didn't make them... We didn't normalize bad behavior. This is the difference in our society today. We not only normalize bad behavior, we reward it. And that is the biggest problem. And if you get too jumpy about things and you want the government to shrink and you point out the more failures and corruptions, well, there's always a plan B, which is now moving to plan A. President, can you
6: say anything about the
2: of
7: COVID cases and new variant? Yes, I can. As a matter of fact, I signed off this morning on a proposal we have to present to the Congress a request
3: for additional funding for a new vaccine. There's- new vaccine? I know you can't hear him because he's feeble and he barely can speak. He's a moron, but he's the perfect representative for a corrupt government that steals our money and misappropriates it to their friends. That's why Joe Biden is the perfect president for the Democrat Mafia, the year twenty twenty three. And I hope he continues forever. Necessary it, it, it works. And tentatively, not decided finally yet. Tentatively
7: it is recommended that would like to be recommended that everybody get it, no matter
3: whether they got it before. You. Everybody get the new vaccine. Ooh, where's the line? Will I get a a popsicle? Will I get a, a rent increase? Will the welfare money, honey bunny? Will she kick me more money? Because that's exactly what's on the horizon. Believe me when I tell you that is plan B, which is now plan A.
8: On that new vaccine that's going to be available in mid-September, the CDC data says that only 56 million Americans, 17% of the population, received the updated shot last year. What type of public messaging campaign or effort will the administration the White House be doing starting in mid-September to get people to get that shot, to get more people than last year to get that shot. As you know, Karen, this is an issue that you have followed very closely for the past two years, and you have known that this, this administration, when it comes to informing the American people about these vaccines, about the different tools that this, pres- that this president and this administration has put. For- I
3: think the reason I find this particularly aggravating is that I also watch the news how around the world, from Great Britain to Australia to around the world, Governments are defending their people. They're investigating big pharma. They understand exactly what happened, the money play. But more importantly, they want to address the unexplained deaths that we've all been talking about worldwide between 18 and 24 percent, all boiling down to the same common denominator. I believe what what did Dennis Prager call it, honey bunny? When I said vagina, oh, the V word. He meant vaccine. He's right.
8: Lord, we have really put informing Americans as a priority, and so we'll continue to do that. We know that uh, that, uh, COVID-19 vaccinations are the safest to protect, to protection for avoiding hospitalization, long-term health outcomes and death. So
3: it'll all go back into play. All of the corruption, the pain and the bribing the hospitals, the intimidation of doctors, the disqualification, the investigation of doctors and health care providers who want to fight for the righteousness of, of safe medication versus the experiment of profiteering and death and mayhem and the ignoring and censorship. And in the meantime, the media has a simultaneously a, a attack to keep us quiet. You're a racist now. Because of this 21-year-old morphodite you never met in your life. You wouldn't tolerate at a dinner table, in your car, in your presence. Now, you're all guilty of racism because this idiot, probably a Democrat, from the looks of him, he looked dirty, awful fat, probably a Democrat, committed this heinous act, but the media will indict all Trump voters and Trump supporters. Both the FBI
4: and DHS in the last two years have said that racially motivated violent extremism is on the rise. This is clearly part of that. What would Well,
3: the FBI not only botched everything that we've, they've touched since September 11th and before that, the FBI just had a, a head guy who was convicted of being an asset of an oligarch in Russia. So the FBI doesn't have any any swag the fbi in fact is a is an organization of gestapoism of the of the government they've proven themselves to be completely inept in virtually every big city including chicago where their headquarters is a quarter mile away from a gangster that ruled the city for 50 years the fbi didn't know anything about it so take your fbi and shove them chuck todd something tells me that would put a smile on your face as for the department of homeland security well there there's never been a more failed organization outside of the department of education
4: why do you think there are more race-based uh, violent crimes on the right than on
3: the left? Why is Whoa, 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 whoa. How do you know that? You guys, you get Black Lives Matter. How do, we, how do we quantify the crime and the death and the mayhem? You also get Antifa. Yes, I know they're a part of your group. And you get every other moron from the son of Sam to I think this idiot. Why are you assuming he's a Republican or on the right? This is a little more. Because the Klan is the Democrat Party, not the not the Republican. More pervasive,
4: a lot more pervasive on the right.
3: Well, the fact of the matter is, I
5: think that there's a lot more violence that's also pervasive in parts of the country that supposedly
3: are left wing voter bases. So I don't think this is. See, that's the beauty of Ramaswamy. A brilliant, brilliant, really candidate. And the perfect politician, he understands the principles. And this is what you're going to need to do. Do not accept his premise, because that premise exists only in that studio and in the world of their Democrat donors, all white, all, self, all self-loathing, all corporatists, all bribed and in the mafia and on the money train. The left versus
5: right issue. And I don't think we should try to politicize this through partisan goggles either, Chuck, especially in the wake of a tragedy like this one. The
3: fact is there are Do you ignore black the manifesto? men dying on the south side of Chicago. Do you ignore? The- I like when he says Chicago because he's exact right? And Chuck Todd ignores the south side of Chicago. He ignores New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia. Every example of a Democrat hellhole sewer. He ignores it all. So Ramaswamy is going to address the fact that apparently there's a manifesto that I don't think has actually been qualified or authenticated. But Chuck Todd is going to run with that.
4: The elements that, that allowed this manifesto to, to spread online and that what we're you know, it does feel as if social media well, the f- connects some of these hate, hateful ideologies.
5: Well, the fact of the matter is, I do think we have two standards that we're even applying if we're having a conversation about manifestos. We still have not yet even seen the manifesto of that transgender shooter in Nashville of a Christian school, and yet here we're focusing on the motive. So if we want to look at this through a politicized lens, let's look at what the political media and the political establishment is doing differentially in how they analyze different crimes and then create a new narrative around it. The fact is, what I said in the Nashville shooter case, I will say here. Any killing, any mass killing is heinous. We need to get to the root cause of the mental health epidemic, address that. We need leadership that sets the right tone in this country. But if we are going to talk about manifestos and politicization, Chuck, I think it is incomplete not to look at the absence of releasing that Nashville shooter manifesto even
3: as of today. Absolutely brilliant. If only... He wasn't the perpetrator of a pump-and-dump scheme for a medicine for Alzheimer's. I would really be in, in, in the tank, and I would love him to death, but I still will not embrace somebody I know created and existed on a swindle. However, I like the way he lies to me. 312-642-5600.
0: From the petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer.
3: Now the true and absolute and total racist and government supremacist among us, the Marxist Mafia, the Democrat Party see an opportunity to capitalize on this. So they wheel out their pimps of racism, their profiteers, their low-life scumbag of Al Sharpton. He makes me sick just looking at him. Although I do like to look at the FBI tape where he was cutting the deal with the kilos of cocaine back when he was built like J.B. Pritzker. I love those cuts. And how he owed the government three and a half million dollars and somehow when Barack Obama was elected to office, he got out from under it. I did, uh, I do like to watch uh, the Democrat mafia pander to him, in particular the ones who hung out with the last grand wizard we knew about elected to office, Robert Byrd, who was eulogized by Robinette Biden and Barack Obama, ironically enough.
7: You know, we're speaking about more this evening, I'm going to be talking when we speak, and speak speaking a longer for it. But um, the bottom line is that a lot's happening. Lots happen.
3: I don't know. It doesn't sound good to me. And then we had Kamala Harris and Al Sharpton doing a tour of stupidity in the White House, showing you the kind of intellect that is in the Democrat mafia.
6: There are forces that are intentionally trying to divide us as a nation. We need to be clear eyed about that also. So when I think about this fight, it is also a fight to to unify uh-huh. and to resist All right. the, the forces that are trying to divide us. Uh-huh. You know, let's not be manipulated.
3: You mean like the government that wants to give special loans and jobs to people because of their skin color? You mean like that, dummy?
6: And let's not, um, let us not be deterred. We cannot be tired. We cannot be overwhelmed. But let us also, in this moment, understand All right. the significance and the importance Of bringing our country together around again, foundational principles about who we are as America, and I say that as Vice President of the United States. And my
3: favorite part is the look on Al Sharpton's face, wondering when he was gonna, she was gonna take her top off, because Al Sharpton is a whore, a low-life drug-dealing reverend of the church of perpetual tax evasion, only second to our very own Jesse Jackson, who was ironically supported by Donald Trump. Ryan in Chicago. What's going on, John? How are you? Very good. I understand you were at the White Sox game. I was. Um,
9: celebrating my 24th birthday a little differently this year. I'm glad to escape with my life.
3: Yeah, well, I, from what I understand, um, it could. it's very possible that the big fat slob had the gun in a role of, uh, of welfare, also known as fat, and as she was playing with the role, the gun went off, shot her and her friend. Is that possible? Did you see a shooter? Did it look like an argument ensued? What did you see?
10: It's certainly possible.
9: Um, I didn't see anything. I was more surprised. I didn't hear anything from inside the stadium. I and mean, you would think
11: that you would muffled, hear, you know, a gun muffled because of the blubber.
3: Yeah, muffled. Yeah,
11: that's she, what I'm thinking.
3: She had her own silencer with her. Did you happen to see the size of the crevasses on the girl that was shot? Were they Pritzker-like yeah, crevasses? I did. You know, we didn't know anything was going on until
9: uh, the ninth inning had ended. The game had ended. You know, we saw Vanilla Ice was coming out to perform, and Ice they come Ice out Baby, the and say that. Yeah, nothing was. Nothing, we're not having the concert, um, so yeah. you know there was obviously some some frustrated fans after watching a terrible team lose to uh, an even worse sure. team. So,
3: and how about ice? Ice needs a recovery. From what I understand, I think he's installing windows in Lauderdale. So I, I think this is sad all the way around, and the good news is, uh, or the real news out of the story is, fat can also be used to not just smuggle drugs like Al Sharpton wanted to do, but in some cases, weapons. Thank you very much, Ryan. Glad get you're safe. In my belly. Try to go to a Cubs Come game. On. It's a little safer, of course. You probably will get your crotch grabbed like I did by the TSA agent. We should talk about that, too. I hope he called his mother and told him he finally felt one. Rich, Indian Head Park.
2: Hey Sean, how you doing? How
3: was the weekend? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Good. Absolutely fantastic. I'm back home. Go ahead.
10: Good. Sean, whenever we talk about uh the white uh, shooting blacks, it's always uh it's always called a hate crime. When the blacks are uh, shooting blacks, uh, there's nothing to be seen here. You turn on the TV every morning in Chicago and somebody's been shot, two, three people, no- nothing said about that. They
3: just uh under the rug. Well, there's, I mean, there's, not, there's it a political agenda. Narrative, uh, it doesn't count. Well, there's a political agenda afoot. And we're never going to solve the problem if, as a society, we don't all agree that the people who should shoot people should be killed immediately. Let's call it aborted. Let's abort them. Abort them whether they're black. Abort them whether they're white. In fact, I might solve some things in these Democrat sewers. You see, rather than not talking about the 2,074 people that were shot in the city of Chicago this far... And we're barely through summer. We're going to pretend that there's a race problem in Jacksonville, Florida? No, no, no. The race problem is any government that would hide up and cover up for shooters. See, that's the problem. Can't help but notice there. Black politicians, black victims, black perpetrators. But we're all victims when the government is racist, and no government does racism like a Democrat government. I love the way they do racism. I mean, the idea that we're
7: sitting here never thought that I'd be president, let alone be president, and having a discussion
3: of why books are being banned. Books aren't being banned. Books never had penthouse that they gave to the third graders, and they shouldn't be taught by your perversion. And that's what we're really discussing. However, Joe Biden said something very important there. I never thought I'd be president, because Joe Biden thought our standards were higher. He tried in the 80s. And he watched as society said, you're too obvious a liar, too obvious a fraud. Too obvious a crook. Now he's a full-blown traitor. And we're still pretending he's the president? He's not the president.
11: Well, I think when you put up a candidate directly uh, with Joe Biden and compare the records, uh, Joe Biden is doing much better than any Republican could. Uh, And like I said, he's gotten a lot. Only
3: a Democrat, unqualified, corrupt one would say that. That's J.B. Pritzker. And I'm pretty sure he worked out with the big fat slob. That smuggled a gun into White Sox Park. Didn't you, Fatso? 312 642 5600.
0: This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560. The answer. AM 560. The answer.
6: Of
3: course, in the news, um, Joe the Plumber passed away at 49, and it's, you know, pancreatic cancer. It's terrible. Young man. But more importantly, what, what happened after he asked that question? Nothing. His life got worse after he asked that question. Not because he was, he was recognized. He was. He was mentioned in the debates. We all know that. But the, the premise of what he was asking, what he was discussing, the government takeover of our lives, the destruction and the disincentive to be a businessman as society after Barack who likes big butts, and he cannot lie after society then decided to reward the scallywag. Nothing changed except the climate for people who make things, who earn money, got worse. And what happened around the, the, the world, really, but around the country specifically. Michelle, in Lake Forest, this is an excellent point. That's uh, why I jumped you to the front of the line. Go ahead.
2: Hi, Sean. Um, I live in Lake Forest, Illinois, and our state senator, Julie Morrison, happens to live there as well. And um, the city's kind of talk tight due to the um, homeless act that was created nine years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, the neighbors are in an uproar. There's a gentleman who clearly knows his boundaries of what he can and cannot do, and um, I'd like to know, you know, what your thoughts are. Have you heard about this situation? It's now moving into the suburbs. He's so
3: remind about- remind the homeless act that was passed under Obama was a federal law, not a state, or was it a state law?
2: Okay, I right? I believe it. I believe it was a federal law. Julie Morrison signed off on it. She's state senator, so you're probably correct on
3: that. And the you know. and the act, if I'm not mistaken, means you pretty much can't do anything, right? There's it's, no that's it, like, correct. it it's subs- aside from trespassing in what private homes. That's pretty much it. He can the the homeless can have his run of the run of the mill, right? I mean, he can do whatever he wants. Are so he what kind of mayhem Congress? is he causing?
2: Well, you know, he, uh, what's to prevent 10 more people from coming? He's not really doing much of anything except, you know, our neighbor uh, liberals have given him water and a tent and, you know, basically making it very comfortable for him. Well, it, it reminds However, me of what in the happened. Forest, to the... Yeah, go ahead. I, I can't go down to the beach without being a resident of Lake Forest. I can't even cut down a tree unless I get a permit At <laughs> get this vagrant gets to sit on the corner and make himself comfortable on my tax dollars.
3: That's why San Francisco, once referred to as the America's Paris, is now a sewer of destruction. I mean, a sewer you avoid. That's what happens, and it can only happen if the people hamstring themselves from doing what needs to happen. But, you know, Michelle, when this all started, I said neighborhoods like my old neighborhood will get better because they're not going to turn, they're not going to follow the rule. You're going to get seven guys driving around in a Chrysler Impala, throw this son of a dog in a trunk, throw him on the other side of the tracks and tell him if he comes back, they're going to break his feet with a ball peen hand. I
2: think that that happened last night. I have been out of town and I heard that uh, some uh, uh, residents did take matters into their own hands.
3: Yeah, that's all. I mean, that's what that's what. Ha- unfortunately, that's what happens. When the government, who who's has one job, and that's to protect the law-abiding people, decide they're not going to do that, chaos ensues. The problem is you're already standing to lose a significant amount of money. You're paying tremendous taxes for your property that are uncoupled from the value. And you're going to feel it the hardest because bums like to go where the place is nice. That's where the people are the most self-loathing and give the most money. And shame on them for doing it. So, Michelle, my advice to you is my advice to everybody. Um, Hedge your bets. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call, Michelle. Wonderful. Still, Mr. T, favorite Lake Forest story of all time. Danny, northwest side. Hey, Danny. Yeah, brother. Yes, sir. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I
7: was calling about the White Sox game. I was there Friday night with a bunch of friends. We were sitting in left center in the bleachers. I think it happened in left field. But um, we didn't hear a thing. And then I was reading later that, you know, they have those devices around the city that detect gunshots, right? Yeah, yeah. And about 730, they detected nine shots. Uh, about a mile south of the park, so there is some speculation that some, you know a couple of these kind of or one bullet made its way up and over the wall and dropped into the stand there. Um, <laughs>
3: Well, Danny, yeah, I, pre- so. I prefer to blubber story myself, but uh, would you do me a favor? You're gonna you're gonna be my official White Sox storyteller. You keep me apprised of the situation. As you know, I haven't cared about the White Sox since I played catch with Wilbur Wood back in the '70s when I was a kid behind the there spring you go. tavern. Thank you very much, Will. Yeah, and the one er, thing,
7: the one thing point cur- was curious. Curious is The next day when I heard that there might have been a gun in left field, I thought maybe that was what started that awful wave going around in the stadium. Just a bunch of people putting their hands up because
3: they got worried and yeah. nobody else knew what was going on. But yeah. you never know. Yeah, that'll teach you to socialize in a very bad neighborhood. Thank you very much, Danny. I appreciate it. Uh, Frank Arlington Heights.
10: Hey, good uh, good afternoon, Sean. Um, you know, I was talking on Dan and Amy's this morning about you know the how the system, it's not so much that power
9: corrupts people it's that that our system is so powerful our government is so big that it attracts those who
1: are corrupted and it also oh. attracts those who are fundamentally dishonest and morally bankrupt
3: well I, I and i think attracts is too small of a war of a word it doesn't just attract them it enriches them that's where they thrive oh, that's where they're the most important. You know, these people aren't important in your life normally. They can't succeed in real life. Government jobs are where they gain the strength. So now they have the chip on the shoulder for knowing that they're lifes in general. So now they're really going to well, hurt everybody like, else.
9: Look at a guy like
1: Pritzker. Pritzker didn't need to run for, for governor of Illinois. He has all the money in the world. I mean, yeah.
9: the power attracts him for some other reason.
3: Well, and for I, once I he feels like morally,
9: a man. Morally bankrupt, because look at the way that he acted with COVID. And so many of these other
1: governors and so many of these Republicans who are running for president, they're yeah. just such liars. They all well, are. They're all,
3: they're all and you know what else is dishonest. You know what else is funny? The Pritzkers all own real estate in South Florida. In fact, I, I can't remember if it's the cross-dressing brother or some other morphedite cousin. I don't know who it is. But I think he's got a house on my side. And then if you go to the East Coast, all the Pritzkers are there. They're in the best places. And that's where their family spent COVID. I think it's the East yeah. Coast because I could tell I felt like it was tipping a little bit. And I took a look at MK. there's an unlucky quarter horse. In the meantime, he's a good Democrat.
2: And the president's age is an issue. It's not us. It's uh, the uh, the voters who are uh, raising questions about it. He has said, watch me and touts his uh, first term agenda. But Americans seem to be looking for a bit more reassurance. Is that possible? How should the president handle that?
11: well again it's it 's him actually accomplishing things that should be proof to people that he 's the right man for the job going forward. Uh, nobody talks about the fact that uh, Donald Trump is similar age to uh, to joe biden and uh, and the truth is that what joe biden has proven is that that age also brings experience and one more thing that you should recognize because you've seen joe biden over 50 years now in public life here's one thing everybody knows this is a man who brings empathy to everything that he does empathy the people that suffer under
3: this scum this traitor to america this election thief there's no empathy for those people but those people are republicans and it makes you wonder Why would this kid, this punk, this spoiled pret, this butter-handed pansy, who has left billions of dollars, why do him and his family only give money to the Democrats, only get the benefits in the Democrat areas? His sister, homely and portly sister, was involved in a banking scandal, and what happened? She got a promotion. She became Barack Obama's right hand. You're starting to figure out why he gives low-life scum. We have him on FBI tapes, but the Democrats don't mind. Because the Democrats are not offended by political corruption. They're titillated by it. They're not repulsed by welfare. They enjoy it. That's why they're touting the new welfare program of $300 to drive your own kid to school when any decent American would be repulsed by it. Honey Bunny, where did we put that clip? Here we go. Hey
2: guys, it's your girl I'm back today with another video. In today's video, we're going to talk about the states that are giving $300. Per month for parents to drive their children to school instead of riding the school bus. OMG. Now,
3: See, now even the welfare queen knows that's outrageous. But what you, what, what you need to know is that less than 50% of Americans, less than 50, have $2,000 in the bank savings and checking. What's happened to this country is exactly what the welfare Democrat mafia needed to happen. Because once you're getting paid... To not be a productive person. Guess what? Now you're their asset. You're their base. 312-642-5600.
0: Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome. On the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer.
3: Back... Took He's going to make his big comeback at Comiskey. I know it's not called Comiskey, but I still call it Comiskey. What is it supposed to be called now? The G-spot? Yeah, G-spot. I don't want to call it that. Comiskey.
2: Guys, this money can be used for transportation on Uber, Lyft, buses, trains, or even in your own pocket. So if you want to know how you can earn an extra $3,600 per year.
3: Vote Democrat. Because that's the industry that's truly growing. The incentivizing of political corruption through welfare. And it's a shame because there should be some sort of a program that's temporary and that you have to pay back. You know, like in Cinderella, man. Uh, Stearns, Bolingbroke. Hey, I just want to
10: know. I homeschool my kids. Can I get $300 to get them from the room down the stairs to the table?
3: Stearns, what you're getting I'm, is I'm better. I'm paying
10: taxes. I'm paying taxes for the neighborhood school that my kids don't go to.
3: Yeah, well, Why that means you're break? that means you're getting robbed. But what you're getting is far more beneficial than thirty six hundred dollars a month. You're getting kids Absolutely. who are not indoctrinated, who are not intimidated, who are not coerced, who are not taught how to be anti-American, Stearns. So thank you very much for that. Here's another thing you're going to get. You're going to get a shirt. Let's give Stearns a shirt. He deserves it. Bill, Cape Coral, Florida. Yes, you know, that's considered income.
12: So should I be able to write off? I grab my grandchildren to school, so it should be a write-off, right? They get get that as income, so I should be able to get that as a write-off. I do it for free. I do my my beautiful grandchildren to school for free.
3: Well, that's because you're a good man, and that's what your obligation is as a man and as a father and a grandfather, and that's great. But a here's the other thing, Bill. Of course you are, and so was my mother, and so was your grandfather, and so was everybody back then, because all they wanted everybody was the chance be to be free. Yeah. Keep what's it? Stay on, Sean. We love you. Thank you, Bill. I love you right back, and that's the truth. But the reality is, what is the taxable revenue of welfare, and does it matter? How does welfare pay taxes? That's been my argument... All along. It doesn't. Government spending is not growth. It's the destruction of a private economy. And that's why in the year 2023, with all of the successes of this nation, 50% of the citizens don't have $2,000. 63% can't write an unexpected check for $400. That's Bidenomics. Have you had enough? Oh, wait. they're Here they are. They're going to help you again. They're going to help you. The president said in in Tahoe
7: that he had tentatively decided to recommend everyone get the new vaccine. When is he going to decide
8: finally? So I think you've heard from the FDA and CDC. uh, They've made an announcement on the new vaccine. Uh, So certainly uh, they said that they will have an. there will be an updated vaccine. That's not helping you. That's helping the vaccine.
3: What do you mean the vaccine? You gave him a trillion dollars. Now we can't do it and you're going to ignore all this stuff. Wait, Wait a minute. What's... Where's the money? Where's all the
8: money? How are you helping us? We're going to hear from this president this week about how he's going to continue to lower costs, right? Low, lower health care costs for Americans. So-
3: how many times have the Democrats been lowering health care costs? My favorite is when you lowered it before Barack Obama, right after he took office. You said it was going to be great. You didn't lower it, it quadrupled, quintupled in most cases. 50% less doctors, 50% less hospitals, and then COVID happened. Boy, that was convenient.
8: Something that uh, the president you know, has has been leading on. Yeah, he's leading.
3: Have you had enough, or are you thirsty for more? And if you wiggle too much, we'll just give you some more welfare. Or we'll investigate you and indict you as a Trump voter. Robert in Bloomingdale.
12: Hey, son, what what do you think about this idea? Trump's going to walk. They're going to try to invoke the 14th Amendment, which will fail. And then next, they're going to bring the COVID virus back like they did in 2020. I've been hearing stuff. What do you think? I,
3: I think you're Karnak. That's what I think. I think you're Karnak the Magnificent. Eduardo, Tampa Bay. Are you getting ready for the hurricane?
12: Oh, yeah. I'm really scared. It's getting cloudy, but I am I think we'll make it. I'm not near the water.
3: Well, listen, I'm an Ian survivor. What's this tramp's name? What's her? What, what's, what are they calling her squirrel? Ida? Idea? Whatever. Idea, I'm going yep. to tell you what. 25. Drive east. Listen to me. You don't want to have to go through the headache on the phone with the insurance. My car's bobbing like an apple. Listen to me.
10: Right. Go ahead.
12: Yeah, I was going to say, government and the media, which is part of the upper class, uh, they control the message, and this is why these crimes, which they try and tie to Donald Trump as racist, uh, but although today they caught a, a Asian person as the shooter, they are in—they're going to get top billing on the news. these interracial crime, when it's a white on a minority,
3: yeah. Well, I mean listen, they have to fluff where they can fluff because the reality is what you said in the beginning is the exact truth. The true one percenters in our country is the government. They don't worry about any costs, they don't pay any. Do you how many you know the real statistic I'd like to see? How many government employees, how many government bureaucrats have less than two thousand dollars in the bank? How many of them worry about their worry about their pensions, worry about the they don't worry about nothing? Because they're part of the Bureau, And that's what people need to focus on. 312. Oh, I got a guest coming up, Square. How much time do I got, kid? None? All right. George, Steve, I'm sorry I didn't get to you. Phyllis, I'm sorry I didn't get to you. We'll be back after this. I got a great guest, though, after this.
0: This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck.
3: My next guest, I've had the pleasure of talking to before. It's always wonderful to have him on. He is the warrior that cowards build their policy profiteering and arrogance on. Spent 20 years as a recon Marine, deployed in Afghanistan, Iraq, Africa, and South America. He is the president and CEO of the Center for Security Policy. Works daily to try and convince bureaucrats exactly what is going on. He wants to talk about how vulnerable our energy grid is and how it's being targeted and i remember about a year ago a documentary came out
0: the electricity grid goes down you're back in the 1880s pre-electricity
13: if a thousand transformers are knocked out we'll end up with massive social disruption
2: pop former energy official claims an attack on an american power grid was terrorism
13: Virtually every study you'll see has an anarchistic component that leads to rioting. It is almost inevitable.
7: Imagine what will happen if there is no food, no power, and no money, and no
3: transportation. Only people with guns and the boldness to go and take what they need to survive will live. That means I'm going to live, and so is Tommy Waller. Tommy, thank you for joining me. How are you?
9: Hey, good, Sean. Thank you for, uh, for having me on today.
3: No, I love having you on, and I love the idea that this documentary is. How old is this?
9: Well, it officially launched in January of this year, uh, actually in Hollywood, and it was a packed room. And, uh, and you know, Dennis Quaid is the narrator, and the film has not only given us the ability to educate Americans in a very short period of time, uh, but it's given us an opportunity with, with Dennis Quaid's help and the producer, David Tice, uh, the opportunity to get in front of more policymakers than we might otherwise do, just with a bunch of PowerPoint slides and, and, and the nor- normal briefings that yeah, yeah. people might give.
3: Dennis Quaid seems to be like a hell of a guy. I, I always loved him, and now I have a respect for him as, I, as, he, as he's kind of coming out with his opinion and support for Americanism. I love that about him. But uh, he's got to be going crazy as you are, because the fact of the matter is, since this came out, we now know about China's infiltration in our government. Aside from the balloon and the rest of it, we now know that the sitting president of the United States has been on the payroll of the Chinese Communist Party since at least he was vice president and possibly earlier, earlier, along with how many senators and congressmen. So we're ripe for the picking. Tell us a little bit about how vulnerable we are as we, the American people, keep pretending these representatives care about our security and our safety as they really care about raping our foreign policy for profit. What, what exactly is happening right here with our power grid?
9: Well, so I mean, for, I guess the first thing to think about is, you know, how important the grid is to our modern way of life. Right. So you look at just the metropolitan area surrounding where you are right now is home to what almost 10 million people. And, you know, how many of those 10 million could live without electricity? I mean, it's such a difficult thing. And what would the response of many of the people be if the lights went out? And, and you know, we can rewind the clock back. Uh, and just look at New York City, uh, 1977, July of that year, when when a lightning strike took out three substations in in New York, and in one day, so this is just 24 hours in uh, an urban environment like New York, you had 450, I'm sorry, 4,550 people arrested for looting, 550 law enforcement officers injured, in the line of duty, and three hundred million dollars worth of damage, and that was nineteen seventy-seven. You know, so the 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 consequences of a blackout, uh, any way you look at it, are just too grave for us to to not be securing our grid.
3: Well, I I think people take for granted the luxuries we have in this country. For instance, I'll tell you why I say this. About a year ago, I uh, I live in Southwest Florida, and I was hit with Ian. And it was, you know, the Ian. The, the storm came, and then the building goes out, and you realize how bad that that hurricane was. And it turns out my my home didn't have electricity for a month. So the first few days, I experienced what it's like and what you take for granted with electricity. But to see the difference in the character of people is what's astonishing to me, because the reality is, if you are surrounded. By bad people, when this happens, bad things happen, and it isn't long, and you're in one of those post-apocalyptic movies. So there's another lesson to be learned. What, what's the caliber of the citizens when the power goes down? What is their their consciousness uh, to law enforcement, and how desperate do people get in a hurry who are not prepared for it?
9: That's right. Yeah, no, Sean, you're right. And, and even you know, even people with great virtue uh, will have to make difficult decisions. I mean, you look at. Our, our law enforcement officers and the emergency uh, professionals that would normally respond uh, to things like, uh, you know, looting a- a- after a point, they've got to make their own decisions. So let's take the virtue of a good cop. And after three or four days, if his own family doesn't have electricity, well, what happened after hurricane Katrina, many of them vacated their posts and and you can't really blame them, right? If they haven't prepared their family, to to go without power. And, and, you know, so this is something that literally, regardless of your political affiliation, your level of affluence, like every single one of us needs to be uh, really doing a better job of being more prepared, but then also advocating for us to protect the, the infrastructure we can't live without.
3: Tommy, uh, explain to me why the infrastructure has not really been improved. Now, although I live in southwest Florida now, I grew up in Chicago, and I'm well aware of how ComEd, and you'll have to forgive me, Tommy, because everything is political. We are now in the, in the middle of, an, of a scandal where the leader of the state senate by a little short guy, short in the pants, name of uh, Mike Madigan, was caught in a, in a massive scandal with ComEd where there were billions of dollars exchanged through different variations of corruption. But it doesn't seem like these companies actually do what needs to be done to secure the grid. Why is it so behind in so many areas? And why has it never been improved? I thought that Trump signed an executive order that was going to fix things. Has any improvement actually happened?
9: Yeah, so ultimately, Sean, I mean, it boils down to, uh, what did, what you know, the, what's the root of all evil, right? The love of money. And, and that, that has a large effect. I mean, you just described the situation of corruption where an elected official, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know the whole story, but I'm assuming that he took money from an industry to do what the industry wanted. That happens every day, uh, with respect to the electric power industry and our elected officials. And so that's probably the single biggest situation is, is, the loyalty to profit over principle uh when it comes to making policies because the because many of the the lawmakers are are frankly they're bought off by the poli- by the by the power yeah. companies you, you mentioned uh president trump yeah he he signed two really important executive orders that pertain to the grid one uh, in relation to the threat of electromagnetic pulse thankfully that one is still in place uh but another one that was related to the threat of Foreign supplies, like the supply chain, uh, particularly with respect to transformers. So, what you know, what happened is, summer two thousand nineteen, uh, the federal government seizes a, a ma- massive transformer at the port of Houston and brings it to a national laboratory to discover that there was a hardware backdoor in it. And this is a transformer manufactured in China, right? And so, President Trump, on uh, May first, twenty twenty, President Trump declared a grid security emergency and passed an executive order that was meant to really try to stem the tide of all these importations from China of really major assets that could that could have back doors. And unfortunately, you know that, that executive order was suspended on the current president's first day in office. And and now the latest count we had last week, we did another inventory based on what we can see from the Commerce Department is we're now up to, uh, I think, 428 Chinese transformers in the grid. And so it's a major, major problem, and not one, unfortunately, that our current government is moving nearly fast enough to address.
3: Yeah, it wasn't long ago. It was just Mickey Mouse watches. Now they're doing our our fracking grid. So let me ask you this, because you're an expert. You're a recon marine. I remember I kind of lived with one for a while. Um, If you were nefarious, if you were bribed, If you were an enemy of America, what's the first thing you'd attack to cripple America?
9: Yeah, the grid. I mean, look, the Chinese Chinese philosophy dating back all the way to Sun Tzu, right? Sun Tzu said that the supreme art of war is to subdue your enemy without fighting. Now, that's thousands of years ago. Fast forward to two People's Liberation Army colonels in 1999 that wrote the book Unrestricted Warfare. They actually have a, and and look, I just presented this to the federal regulators of the grid last month in in an official legal docket. I, I took the excerpt from the document Unrestricted Warfare and showed them the quote where these two People's Liberation Army colonels talked about the scenario of two developed, technologically advanced Nations going to war, right? Think about Taiwan now, and how one of them would launch a network attack on the other to grind down its civilian infrastructure. And right now, we, we know that the Chinese have put something called Typhoon, that's the name that we assigned it, malware, in forms of critical infrastructure, particularly those supporting military installations. And Sean, to this day, there is not a requirement by the federal government for the utility industry to locate, mitigate, or remove malware from the system, despite years of petitions from organizations like ours on behalf of the American people.
3: You know what's funny? I have a, I have a couple clips, and um, uh, one of them was that Gina Raimondo, who is right now, as we speak, in Beijing, kissing the ass of the Chinese Communist Party. We've got Janet Yellen, you've got Anthony Blinken, you've got this morphodite. And I am political, Tommy, I'm sorry, but this guy's been on the payroll of the Chinese Communist Party through his drug addict song. And it's it's astonishing to me how ready we are, how ripe we are to really have a a major attack. And um, yet all of our attention is through different what I think is foreign policy corruption and and proxy wars and are there enough men left that wanna sit down with the Chinese Communist Party and say listen this is not gonna happen what exactly we want this this to go away what exactly can we do to move forward because this this uh, uh, political bureaucracy that is supposed to be diplomacy fails so how do we get it back if they're not willing to address the very problems that you're bringing to the table how can this be that there is not a rule that has to comb over the, the, the most important aspects of our grid. How can this be?
9: Michelle, what we're doing is we're just working it as best we can from the bottom up. So when I say that i lodge complaints with the federal government about this, I do that because we have a duty to be the watchman on the wall, right? If if we don't sound the alarm, you know, Ezekiel chapter 33 talks about, you know, the blood is on your hands. If you know there's a threat and you don't sound the alarm, then you're responsible. So we're going to keep sounding the alarm to the federal government, but we're not holding our breath for them to take care of it. So what we've been doing, Sean, not just the grid, just about every other consequential Security issue that the country faces, we've been working it at the state and local level from the bottom up as much as we can. You described, Sean, the national security establishment, and that national security establishment has failed us for decades everywhere from refusing our our war fighters to study the doctrine of our enemies, right, and look no further than Afghanistan and Iraq as the consequences, uh, to that same national security establishment wishing away catastrophic threats uh, like a vulnerable electric grid. That doesn't mean that we have to be insecure where we live, where our county and where our state has an opportunity to step in and start protecting their critical infrastructure.
3: You know what's sad, Tommy? Sad is I'm looking at where you've been. And I'm thinking the last 20 years, we don't have a policy that won from the standpoint of peace. And I'm thinking about all your brothers that were wounded that didn't come back and you look at the climate in the year 2023 i think the american foreign policy is arguably the greatest failure that we've ever produced and when you look at afghanistan specifically we are now giving 2.8 billion at last count to the very taliban you were fighting I, I i i can't imagine what this must be like for you and your brothers to realize what what, what exactly has happened in the last twenty years, is this something when you get together with your guys, you all talk about?
9: Yeah, Sean, it's absolutely heartbreaking to think about the fact that the Taliban would be on the payroll of the U.S. government. Um, but it's also, as you look over the decades uh, of you know failed foreign policy, um, it's it's not now surprising, right? And so, like, my faith is not in the U.S. government. Um, my faith, well, number one, is in God, and secondly it's in what the founders gave us uh, as as a as a framework from the Declaration of Independence to the, to the Constitution and the fact that even if it's v- very broken at the top, we can still preserve freedom where we are, where we live, but we can't yeah. allow the incredible sacrifices that you just talked about uh, to be in vain. Um, and so, you know, it's, yeah, to answer your question, it's heartbreaking to think about that. Uh, but I took an oath and although my service in uniform has ended not really by my choice sean i was i had to retire after i took a stand on the vaccine mandate i know uh, but the, the oath that i took <laughs> i'm still keeping it
3: well tommy you want to know what i'm aggravated about i don't I, i'm from the belief of, of of picking the right choice in the beginning and then enjoying the ramifications of the correct decision the problem is when we make the wrong decision in the beginning we suffer the ramifications from the wrong decision in the beginning and i'm thinking about you and all of the beautiful warriors that believe like you do that will never come back and i i think it's for nothing versus never have gone and what would it, what would the difference have been and how do you How do you surmise that? How do you come up with that solution? You can't. We just deal in the failure and corruption. And here we are, 20-plus years later, and it feels like we're more vulnerable than before. And, I mean, I don't know if you got any of that uh, Joe Biden's brother $1.5 billion contracts to build an Iraqi house, but I do know you were over there. Did you ever see a Joe Biden home in Iraq?
9: (laughs) No, Sean, I didn't. But, you know, what I will tell you is that you know, um, it, it's not that we have suffered defeat, unfortunately, because of the foreign policy and defense policy elites that we just described. But that doesn't mean that every battle was lost, right? So, no, I know. When 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 there's when there's evil evil men that would do harm uh, to our fellow Americans that that we can vanquish on their soil, uh, that's a righteous thing to do when possible. Uh, it, but to do it in a way where you're not even you know, yeah. studying the enemy's doctrine. And then there's, you know, there's. The, I can't tell you, and it, it breaks my heart to think about it, you know, the, the battered women we would find in Afghanistan that would point yeah. to the direction the Taliban went. You know, we showed them, we showed their children what it is to be compassionate, uh, yeah. what it is to be caring. And, and you know, there were times, Sean, where, where we would come across, whether it was Afghanistan or Iraq, mostly Iraq because of the first Gulf War, where certain citizens would be so helpful to us. And then, you know, you hear the stories. You hear the stories about, well, you know, I was wounded in, an, in a firefight against American troops when you, when you guys invaded, and, and you all treated me, and you took care of me in the hospital. And now you can have whatever you want. You can sit on my rooftop, and you can put sniper rounds into these <laughs> bad guys. You know, and so well, I guess what I'll say is, you know, where you have good-hearted patriots, in this world that are doing yeah. good things for, for righteousness. Yeah. Um, you don't know what kind of impact you have for years to come. And so I just have to believe that, that there's, there's an impact that we made, but there's also the sacrifices that never need to be forgotten that will motivate yeah. us every single day to fight for freedom here.
3: I don't ever want to forget them, and I don't want to, I want them ever to go to waste. That's why I continue to talk about it. But one thing, I have a suggestion for your next documentary, and I think we could kill a couple birds with one stone. Why don't you do a documentary on how many uh, Afghani-Taliban men are transitioning into women? I'd like to see if they have the same problems we have in this country. Uh, in the meantime, thank you for what you do, Tommy Waller. I truly, and really, I'm so glad you came back, kid, and I'm so glad you continue You're to on. be who you are and fight for the principles. And I will, I promise you I'll fight the cowards that are trying to build upon your courage. Thank you very much, brother. Thanks, Sean, for having me on. We'll be back with your calls and comments.
0: He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM 560. The answer.
3: Price is wrong, Bob. I enjoyed that show very much. Bob Barker. In the meantime, you can find all the information about Tommy Waller at uh, griddownpowerup.com. That's griddownpowerup.com. Here's the rest of the tease for the
11: documentary. It could literally end civilization as we know it
13: cyber attack, an EMP, even a massive solar flare. They're all capable of exposing our power grid as America's Achilles heel.
9: Of particular concern to
0: me are people who believe it's God's will to destroy us. Our
7: electric power grids are as vulnerable to cyber attack as the thousands upon thousands of businesses, companies, government agencies that have already been hacked
3: over the last few months. And Gina Romanda, Romando is over there right now bending knee to the Chinese Communist Party as Janet Yellen, Anthony Blinken, but more importantly the asset of the Chinese Communist Party, the dimwood and diapers some call president. In the meantime, China is going full speed ahead. With their acquisitions of not just political power and policy profiteering, but our own land. This morning we're learning more about a mysterious company that has invested nearly a billion dollars in buying farmland near a California
4: airbase. Flannery Associates has paid $800 million for 54,000 acres of land outside of Travis Air Force Base in Fairfield. That's about 50 miles north of San
10: Francisco, 30 west of Sacramento. Recent reports reveal that Flannery is a
11: group of Silicon Valley investors planning to build a new city on the land. However, federal officials cannot confirm who is behind the company, and some are raising concerns about foreign
4: involvement. Democratic Representative John Garamendi says the land buys are a critical
3: security issue. The Air Force says it is now investigating. It's financed by the Bank of Beijing. That's who's financing it. Larry Downers Grove.
1: Sean, you're awesome. Thanks for having me on. My uh, wife and I have been together almost 20 years, so uh, we met post-9-11, and I started telling her back then the greatest threat from the new terrorists, and it's not going to be al-Qaeda, it's not going to be the Taliban, it's going to be Russia or China, and unfortunately it's going to happen is attack on our power grid, and you know the worst part is they're trying to silence these new companies. I was in the car business for 25 years. They're going to start making cars without AM radios. Yeah,
3: know, I, I read that it's, too.
1: It's unbelievable. They're trying to silence everybody. They're trying to silence...
3: You know, Larry, there was an opportunity to be had after the collapse of the Soviet Union. And it would have taken place had we had the right people in the right place. But more importantly, a principled diplomacy. I have never seen a time in American history where we've had such weak diplomacy. Now, whether it's on purpose or whether it's accidental, I don't know how you could come to the conclusion it's not purposeful, because we've had indications as to exactly what was going on in Ukraine, what was going on with the former Soviet Union, how infiltrated our American government was with both oligarch money and Chinese communist money. And we've ignored it. And people pretend that Joe Biden is anything other than what he is. He's a traitor. To our nation, and none of this could happen without him in a very specific, very important place. Thank you, Larry. I hope your house has natural gas because that's what's going to keep you alive. And and everybody says, "Well, what do you mean? Do you forget Victoria Newland? Did you forget this slob of a human being, this Barack Obama asset, this fraud who navigated virtually everything in our policy, specifically in the former Soviet Union called Ukraine?" And while Obama was in office, the Ukrainian corrupt government was killing its own people. Why was it killing them? Because they were orthodox religious people who spoke Russian and wanted to read Russian. We do not know what we're involved in. What we do know is it's a proxy war. And I wish we'd stop pretending it isn't. Another thing that sickens me through all of this is that 50% of our countrymen, 50%, can't write a check for 400 frackin' dollars, and they're stealing billions. Billions upon billions. And then you look at the scum that are the, the participants in the Democrat mafia, and you realize the amount of money that they've stole and how their lifestyle continues to be an embarrassment to everything we know right and wrong.
13: Nothing else. The Secret Service is paying $16,000 a month now to stage near Hunter Biden in Malibu. Who's- so,
3: so think about it. <laughs> the Secret Service is renting the house on Hunter Biden's block for 16000 a month. Why? Why? And who's paying his rent? Is it the Ukrainians? Is it the Chinese communists?
8: Who exactly is it? Paying for that. That's a question for the Secret Service.
13: Okay, Hunter Biden is reportedly selling art to pay for his $15,800 a month rent in Malibu. How can you guarantee that people are not going to be buying this art to gain favor with the president?
8: that is a question for hunter biden and his representatives it's, it's a i know i hear i hear i hear your our question buyers
13: got a job from the biden administration can you guarantee that there's I no hear, quid i hear i hear your law? question
8: i'm not going to get involved in this so a buyer of the phony art
3: got a job in the administration power in the administration we have beyond the shadow of a doubt the prima facie evidence of what joe biden is what he was what he admitted himself to be uh, as an asset To the oligarchs that are now profiting. We have evidence now from the prosecutor who was fired at Joe Biden's holding of the billion dollars. His name is Shokin, Victor Shokin. He was on with Brian Kilmeade, who I can't stand, who I think is a charlatan himself. But this is where he was. Why were you fired?
11: from your position by President Prashanko?
14: I have said repeatedly in my previous interviews that Poroshenko fired me at the insistence of the then-Vice President Biden because I was investigating Burisma.
0: So did President Prashanko tell you that, that he wanted you to stay on the job, but there was pressure from... President,
14: Vice President Biden? Uh, you understood me correctly. This is how it was. Uh, there were no complaints whatsoever, no problems with how I was performing at uh, my job. But because pressure was repeatedly put on President Poroshenko, uh, that is uh, what ended up in uh, him firing me.
3: Let's reflect on exactly the evidence we had when this idiot, this fraud,
7: So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. I said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him
3: right there." I said, "I'm telling." You. Right there, he admits what he is. Right there. Why were you fired from your position by President Poroshenko?
14: Uh, I have said repeatedly in my previous interviews that Poroshenko fired me at the insistence of the then-Vice President Biden because I was investigating Burisma.
0: So did President Poroshenko tell you that, that he wanted you to stay on the job, but there was pressure from...
14: President, Vice President Biden? Uh, you understood me correctly. This is how it was. Uh, there were no complaints whatsoever, no problems with how I was performing at uh, my job. But because pressure was repeatedly put on President Poroshenko, uh,
3: that is uh, what ended up in uh, him firing. Why? Why? Do you think it was just because of Burisma? Burisma existed before. It was under investigation. It was corrupt. But who was the real corrupter? Set up a
7: foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent of uh, Russia. Um, and the foundation has been uh, functioning ever since. There is
3: The paymaster and the pimp to the Democrat whores, including Barack Obama. What needs to happen is that Barack Obama needs to be the focus of this investigation, because corruption trickles up, much like the economy trickles down, except now it's bastardized and net backdoor nationalized by the most corrupt assets of enemies, foreign and domestic, the Democrat Mafia. 312 642
0: He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state he's sean thompson and this is the sean thompson show on am 560 the answer am 560 the answer
1: oh you it all hang out fat bottom girls you make the
3: rocking Hillary clinton official round. campaign song thank you for that squad no longer available to kids under 21. <laughs> Brian and Gurney. Hey, Shaw, great show as usual. Thank hey, you. I got an idea. You know, you know the climate change
10: people. They mount protests and protests of the climate change. Why don't we get, get us uh, protesters and mount a protest of ourselves all
3: through the cities about we- Joe Biden? Get signs about him being a traitor. We work. The reason we don't get what we take to the streets is we have jobs, we have families, we have lives, we're decent people. Uh, but you're right to your st- listen, you're right, and I agree with you and by the way, there are movements in particular that are being headed up by guys like Larry Klayman. There are movements that are having a pushback. I have a, a guest that's going to come on repeatedly to debunk and and expose the climate uh, scam that it is. The carnival barking fraud. So we're going to do this, and we are getting organized. And, um, you know, it's, it's important that we understand that from now on you have to be extremely selective of who you support. That's why you're never going to hear me tell anybody to give money to just the Republican Party. The Republican Party is the true catalyst of this mafia government. They're in on it. And I, yeah. I'm, rem, I, I'm reminded by Pat Brady, who was on Paul Lisnick's show, the Never Trumper scum that he was, Sunday, yeah. talking about how we all have to get behind, I forgot what, what uh, corporatist scum, I think it was Mike Pence or uh, or Nikki Haley or some of the other policy whores that he uh, sides with. So it's very important that we stay pure, and that's why I don't wrap my arms blindly around a guy who I like what he says, but I understand who he is in Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah. I think it's, we have to be very, very selective as to who we're, we're, uh, we're selecting for the, for the next uh, election, even though the election doesn't matter if you still have these corrupt areas. Does it matter? So I want to get back to the, the part of where we're getting to high ground and shoring up states where it matters, because you know it's a sad reality, Brian. But J.B. Pritzker is your governor, and J.B. Pritzker is a oh, corrupt, Brian. corporatist, butter-handed whore. Who used to be the pimp, ironically enough, but he's a good soldier right now, and he could be the nominee uh, for president when Joe Biden steps aside, because I don't think it's going to be the best lunch date in Washington known as Kamala Harris. I think it could be either Pritzker or Newsom, and I think Newsom will sell better because nobody likes a big, short, fat guy with no neck.
11: Well, I think when you put up a candidate directly uh, with Joe Biden and compare the records, uh, Joe Biden is doing much better than any Republican could. Uh, And like I said, he's gotten a lot done. You're saying that uh, you guys keep repeating that uh, Joe Biden is older than uh, you you think he should be. But remember, he brings Oh, God.
3: Eric Swalwell, same nonsense. Another asset of the Chinese Communist Party, also known as the gassy Swalwell.
7: This Congress started with... Threats of impeaching Secretary Mayorkas, and then it was FBI Director Christopher Wray, and then Merrick Garland, uh, and now Joe Biden. And, and by the way, Eamon, one day he's Sleepy Joe, the next day he's Corrupt Joe. I know people who are sleepy, I know people who are corrupt, I don't know anyone who is both. These guys...
3: Does that make sense? Yeah, there he is. Does that make sense to anybody other than Fang Fang? you know, the Chinese communist spy that he was sleeping with. I think his wife stayed with him. You have to love the Democrats. They'll stay with anybody if there's a little welfare in it.
1: The ruling party is the party of the childless, the unmarried, the people who are working for low wages for large corporations and living in tiny apartments in overcrowded cities that are rife with crime, working for big nonprofits or big banks, living in crowded conditions, very often alone in big soulless cities, spending their time glued to a Screen. What does that sound like to you? It sounds like prison, actually. Well, that's the life of your average
13: Democratic voter.
3: That's interesting. And uh, why are they not upset about any of the facts? Maybe it's because they can't read them.
13: Hi, how uh, The President the First lady visited middle school today. Uh, test scores with age were the lowest in decades, despite
1: billions of dollars in investment for the administration. Uh, is the White House's approach failing and not improving
8: these scores? If anything, um, look, there's going to be a lot of more work to do, right? That is. A lot of more work to do. No wonder. She's commenting on low test scores.
3: Is a lot of more work to do? That's a sentence that'll raise an eyebrow, an eyebrow in Melrose Park. A lot of more work to do, squirrel. We got a lot of more work to do. What the hell is
8: that is understandable that. Uh... <laughs> Uh, that the work uh, doesn't doesn't end, you know, didn't end when the president was able to open up schools, as I mentioned at the top.
3: Shut up, you moron. 30,000 a year in Chicago. 5% of the kids can read the grade level. That's before we started educating illegal aliens at 30 grand head. We'll be back after this.
0: From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned now with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in america he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the declaration of independence in the other he's sean thompson and this is the sean thompson show this
2: looks
1: like
3: a every day there are organizations and people that are fighting for the principles of americanism The Enlightenment, often referred to as capitalism, but that's the wrong word given to it by a Marxist. It's actually propertyism. And that's what my next guest specializes in. He's been fighting for this for the Heritage Foundation for years. He is a senior policy analyst in the Grover M. Herman Center for Federal Budget. Focuses specifically on extortion called tax policy. His name is Preston Brashers, and I butchered it the first time during the tease. How are you, Preston?
13: Uh, I'm doing great. How are you doing, John?
3: Very good. I'm confused good. by your name. It makes me feel like I'm on Trading Places and you were Winthorpe's roommate. Is that Pennsylvania Dutch? What kind of name is that?
13: Well, well. <laughs> how did you pronounce it the first time? It's actually actually Brashears.
3: Oh, there you go. I said Bashers, I think, the first time because oh. I like to bash things. Um, yeah. But it's no, Brashears. All right. Well, there you go. In the meantime, what I like is how you abide by the rules of the Enlightenment, and you're constantly fighting for the principles of free men, and freedom itself. That's the opposite of what we get from this government, who controls every aspect and has backdoor nationalized banking itself. And as you see the ordinary man gets squeezed out, do you think enough Americans are aware of how they're being manipulated by their government?
13: No. I mean, as someone that focuses on taxes uh, every day, you know, it, it, I think the everyday American probably has uh, a very limited idea of how much the government is taking from them in, in so many different ways uh from hidden taxes to of course the hidden taxes inflation everything the feds doing uh this this all has pretty serious ramifications for americans and it's it's a wet blanket on the american economy that that's sapping growth and, and that's holding americans back and making them more dependent on uncle sam
3: and this is something that we're ignoring the principles that made us the youngest And the wealthiest because when people say wealthiest country they think about the government when the fact of the matter is we're the country that built prosperity among the ordinary man the fastest and the strongest and yet for the last hundred and ten years we've somehow turned those principles over to a private company that works in conjunction with government but it's really an example of corporatism do you just need to put federal in your name and you can get away with anything is that what we're experiencing
13: yeah, I mean, it seems like I, people uh, have put so much faith in the Federal Reserve without even knowing it. Uh, you know, probably the biggest mistake right up there with with the creation of the income tax, about the same time, uh, a little over 100 years ago, uh, was the creation of the Federal Reserve, and it's been it's been you know, like you said, we became an extremely rich nation before we had the Federal Reserve. You know, in the late 1800s, we were already the richest country in the world. And you know, ever since uh, they've they've been kind of facilitating this boom bust cycle, stealing our money silently with with the, the inflation tax, and of course things got worse uh, after Nixon uh, abandoned the gold standard, and, and we've kind of it's it's been a it's been a rough ride over the last uh, fifteen years for sure.
3: Preston, um, I'll, Paul Volcker, also his real name is Adolf Paul Volcker. Adolf Volcker gets credit for the Reagan rally, and the Reagan success, yeah. and Reaganomics, and, and really an economic sw- you know benefit to society that I think lasted until 2008, even though it had been impeded by Bill Clinton and the Community Reinvestment Act. But one thing's for certain, he's the wrong guy to give credit to. In fact, Ronald Reagan wanted to reestablish the idea of lending to specific individuals, and he cut rates. Yet now I have to deal with the lie... That Paul Volcker saved us from a recession when he created it. When you see what's happening now with Jerome Paul we don't have a Reagan to articulate the principles of private lending, do we?
13: No, I mean that would be a wonderful th- I mean that's exactly what the country needs right now is 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 for more people to articulate the ideas that Reagan did and to explain all the ways that the federal government is standing in the way of, of Americans' prosperity. There's a reason that we feel like Our dollar doesn't go as far as it should or as far as it used to Uh, there's a reason that we feel like it's harder to get ahead um even even for all the good that reagan's uh policies did for for all the good that free market economics has done uh, over the last 15 years especially i think things have have uh taken a taken a downhill turn and um and so yeah, I mean, when I think about Ronald Reagan, what he did in the 1980s, he, you're absolutely absolutely right. He does not get nearly enough credit for for uh, you know people at the time. They said that if you cut taxes, you're we're going to see inflation uh, skyrocket. We're going to see that uh, it's going to completely go against the grain of of everything that uh, Paul Volcker is trying to do at the Fed. What we saw was the exact opposite. As soon as we cut taxes. As soon as we, he deregulated the economy, we saw that uh, the, the economy boomed within within about a year, and inflation just uh, stopped almost almost overnight. So, yes. uh, yeah. it's, it's just a lie that that uh, cutting taxes, supply side economics, doesn't lead to uh, lower inflation.
3: Why are so many people complacent, Preston, um, with the idea that the entity called the Federal Reserve admits? In order for us to achieve our goal, we have to bankrupt small business. We have to bankrupt the ordinary American. And you're you're in a time now in the year 2023, I think it's astonishing that 50% of the countrymen do not have $2,000 in the bank between savings and cash and and checking account. I think it's horrific that 63% of Americans can't write a check for over $400 of an unexpected expense. How much pain do we have to suffer before people pull their head out of their rear end?
13: You know, it, it, it's a tough question because uh, they, they've been pulling the wool over our eyes for so long. And I think so effectively that, that we've just gotten like, so many people have gotten used to this idea that the you know the federal government can come in and send out stimulus checks and, and it's going to make everything go away. This, and that's what I think of as voodoo economics right there is this yes. idea that just creeps create something out of nothing by just printing money um it's just not it's not the way things work and i think we've gotten away from thinking about the economy the way it actually is that that there's goods and services that people are making and if you're not changing the incentives to to help uh, incentivize people to produce more goods and services then there's not going to be more uh more pie to distribute around it doesn't work that way and so we but when the government keeps doing this over and over again, and, and it feels like it works for a short time as there's this, this surge of money, but then the inflation comes a little bit later. And I think maybe, I think there was maybe a little bit of a, a you know, uh, some deeper understanding of that through, uh, through the COVID years and, and the inflation that came, came after that. But hopefully we don't have to have another, another uh, repeat of that because I, I don't know if our country can take it.
11: We
3: are in, uh, the show is broadcast in Illinois, and our Pritzker, uh, the governor of Illinois, is a, is a trust fund baby, never worked a day in his life, and never paid any real taxes. The way the system is set up is so that some can navigate and not feel the, the taxation that the government is willing to put on honest, ordinary men. I have come to the conclusion years ago, this is the intentional backdoor nationalization and how you take a society built on individuality and the rights of property and how you turn it into a quasi-soft Soviet society. And as you look at the policies coming out of this administration, led by the and diapers, unfortunately it appears I'm right. We are a soft Soviet society when you see the kind of government control over monetary policy and even so much so as to not be moored to any principles, as you see Democrat states break the ad valorem system in real estate, for example, where they're paying taxes on the corruption versus the value of asset. How can we get this back? Or have those states adopted the policy of of a backdoor Soviet society, and it's time to abandon them and secede?
13: Well, uh, I mean, I, I think people have to do what's best for the for themselves. I mean, you know, I can, I used to live in a blue state uh, before I came. Well, I, I still live in a purple state here in Virginia, but uh, I came from Washington State, and I know how it can be living in a blue state with uh, with 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 policies that are just uh, absolutely strangling uh, the economy, strangling your pocketbook. Um, so it, it is absolutely brutal, and and uh, you know, there's there's kind of a I, you know, I, I forget the, um, the, the, the name of it, but there's a, a, a kind of this idea that, it, you know, if you're a blue state governor or a blue state leader uh, and you really, uh, you know, put in place very liberal, almost communist socialist policies uh, and you drive enough of the, you know, hardworking people out uh, that, that are, you know, good, honest taxpayers that are down the middle on politics or, or, or right of center. And the only people that are left are either some of those trust funds that uh, babies don't have to worry about it or some of the the poor people that are that are uh, mooching off of the government. And then you never know. I mean, at at that point, you 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 may have bankrupted your your state and your city, but you may have locked in your your political capital because the only people around are the people that are going to keep voting you in office.
3: Yeah, the Stockholm syndrome, the Stockholm Democrat, which I think we should officially call them. But there's another fallacy that I, I, I have yet to get a good explanation on. And it's something that is almost perfect in its nature of sabotage. And that is the idea that we can mimic the velocity of growth. We can mimic welfare and government debt in spending policies as growth of our economy. Do you think maybe if we focused a little bit on how you can calculate the growth of debt called government spending... Into the imitation and the illusion of a growing GDP. I mean, you really can't unwind it at this point. But how long can they go with the Ponzi scheme of pretending debt is growth? In your opinion?
13: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think about the Inflation Reduction Act, or so-called Inflation Reduction Act, and everything they were doing there, where uh, you know they're 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 throwing all this these subsidies into these. Uh, these green energy uh, and and other um, you know these other industries that that are not going to be profitable on their own they can't stand on their own two feet yet somehow we're expected to believe that that's not going to have a negative ramification on the economy if you're throwing more money after good money after bad it's not going to lead to uh, it's not going to lead to higher growth it's going to lead to stunted growth. Yes. And so, yeah, it's going to it's going to have it's going to have real ramifications. It's going to it's going to and that's going to be, you know, I think about the Inflation Reduction Act. The thing about that was when they when they passed that, the numbers that they were telling us that were just completely bogus. And, and as we've we've seen over the last um, over the last year since the, the bill passed you know, most of the subsidies they, they put into this bill are coming in looking like they're now going to cost three to four times what they were originally going to cost. There's just so much money that's, that's being uh, thrown into these bad investments. And then the rest of us, the the, the the small business owner, the person trying to get a mortgage, they're not able to get their hands on on, on any financing because some of it, so much of it has been thrown after these, these green subsidies and just bad investments at this point.
3: When you're in business or you're in life and you're paying debt, with new debt when you have to lie about revenue you're technically bankrupt when i look at our government writ large i don't understand why people think it's not bankrupt to me a government that has record revenue by its own admission yet constantly needs to borrow more when we are only making minimum payments and we're pretending it's somehow success is America technically bankrupt in your opinion, as it is in mine?
13: Uh, We're—if this isn't bankrupt, I don't know what you would call bankrupt. I mean, we're we're staring at thirty-three trillion dollars of, of debt, or uh, within about a month or two, um, and you know that's not including the unfunded liabilities from our from our, from Social Security and Medicare, which that's over a hundred billion dollars over thirty years. Uh, that we we don't have put away for that. So there's just, and we're looking at $2 trillion, over $2 trillion of deficits just this year, and those numbers are just going to be skyrocketing year after year after year. And, you know, it's not going to be long before if you just took the entire amount of taxes that we paid this year or last year, that wouldn't be enough just to cover the interest on the debt that we're accruing each year. So that, that, that's going to be what we're looking at within about 30 years. So, I mean, it's bad now, and it's going to get a lot worse if we don't get our fiscal house in order pretty quick.
3: You know, it's interesting when you think about the Federal Reserve. They raise the rates. There's profit to be made, right? You're raising the rates. You're seeing now businesses come back that were thought of gone, factoring being the number one where they're buying the receivables, lending on the receivables. But there's some trick in that in that business. There's a, some liability in that business. Yet it would seem to be that they, ultimately when you see these companies that are popping up, they're all part of the Federal Reserve in one f- fraction or another. Has anybody ever figured out how much profit is in the Federal Reserve? And when they raise the rates, do we know who exactly is profiting from that?
13: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I mean... <laughs> Right now, one thing we know is that the Federal Reserve is not profiting off it. They're, you know, they're they're making a loss. When, when you have when you have your own money printer and you can't turn a profit, even then, uh, I think that that's uh, that's a pretty sorry state of affairs.
10: Yeah, but uh, if but you can just,
3: compartmentalize the profiteering. You yeah. can lose. You can lose in one hand, make in another, and nobody's asking right. who's making.
13: Yeah, yeah, that's a great que- question because I mean, you have these banks that that were. Uh, going belly under, uh, and the, the Federal Reserve, I mean, this goes back to 2008. It's the same thing, uh, over the last few months. Uh, the bailouts keep coming, and we, I guess it goes back to the same thing we were talking about before. It's just another way that people don't re- think about it, uh, that, 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 that money's gotta come from somewhere, uh, when you're, when you're, when the Federal Reserve is coming in and filling in those, those, those gaps. Uh, that's coming from the taxpayers. And, and so, um, yeah, I absolutely think we should have more accountability and see what's going on at the Fed.
3: And y'all, you're, I mean, I, I understand your expertise in this field. But ultimately, I, I've come to the conclusion that it's, it, it's going to fall apart again like it did in '08. only it'll be bigger numbers as it, was, as it massively has expanded. And then the American people will do what they have did in 08, and they will quietly accept the puffing up and the the nonsense so in your opinion how does it end as you see other countries that are kind of catching on to this and they don't want our dollar anymore as the world currency if yeah. you had to guesstimate how many years would you would you would you say we can continue to pretend that we are the world's richest and strongest country
13: well i mean I think at this point what we're betting on is that we're just the, the least bad bet on the block uh, because there's other countries that are looking at similar problems, uh, you know, demographic problems and, and, and the like. Europe doesn't look good by any stretch. Uh, China's got some problems down the, down the, down the road as well. So, um, so I think that's what we're counting on is, is that. We're the know, best dressed
3: bankrupt bum in the, in, in the courthouse. Is that what you want me to believe?
13: I, well that's that's I guess the best the, the, the most optimistic uh, scenario I can come up with I suppose
3: it can always be uh, fixed it can always be fixed and it needs to be fixed yeah. should, should politicians on, a, on, on on the right side of things start arguing on the fundamental principles of moderate flat taxation in incentivizing success and not rewarding? failure anymore, and a massive Absolutely. cut of our welfare system? Is that what we need right now?
13: Absolutely. Because I think what we're doing right now, uh, we're trying to avoid the hard questions and avoid speaking the truth about what's going on with our economy and where, where it's going to be in 10, 20, 30 years. And I think that plays right into the, to the left hand, because if, if, we get, if we keep going down this road and then all of a sudden... Uh, you're faced with just dramatic cuts to, to entitlements and Social Security. Uh, you know, I, I do worry that what's going to come out of that, out of that is that they're going to be like that. They're just going to put a giant middle class tax increase in instead. And so we're, we're all going to be just going down the same road as Europe, which is basically giving up on growth. Yes. Uh, giving up on on any sort of economic prosperity and giving up on the idea that the next generation should be better off than the, than the one that came before it. and that's really where we're headed if we don't do something pretty uh, pretty serious to turn things around
3: I just fear how comfortable you see Europeans how, how comfortable they are with servitude and I'm watching as, as earners and small business you're the slaves and, and and if you don't stand up for yourself, the slave master, Will become more emboldened. That's what I love about Heritage Foundation, and I love about your group that you're you're moving forward. So, uh, can I get invited to one of these smokers? I do have a blazer with elbow pads. You think I'll blend in, even though I can't say your last name properly?
13: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
3: Anytime, Preston Brashiers. How do I say it? Brashiers. Brashiers. See, what is that? French. You're French, aren't you? It's French. Uh, well, I'm mostly English, but... Uh, well, listen, uh, I had a, I had a very handsome uncle in World War II, so we might be cousins. In the meantime, sure. thank you for making time for me. I appreciate it.
13: Yeah, I appreciate it, Sean. Thanks for thank having
3: you. me. We'll be back with your calls and comments.
0: Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer.
3: Money, 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 money. The government wastes everything. Does it have one policy that works? That's what I love about, I guess it's referred to as capitalism, but it's really business or propertyism and the idea that you always risk money. And you know right away if it's a good thing or a bad thing. There's only one thing that wastes an endless amount of money and then pretends to be profitable. And that's anything the government subsidizes or spends money on. 90% of what we are taxed for is theft and failure. The greatest example of this is the new eco-Nazi green movement. None of it works. They do not have the technology they pretend to have. They're ignoring the benefits that business and free men showed them. The use of the common denominator of everything. Oil. The greatest renewable energy God ever gave man. Man has perfected the use of the true renewable energy called oil. And yet, government wants to impugn that. Not because they have a better idea. They don't. They simply want to be in control of it. So they'll give you phony virtue in the face of failure. That is the government. This is a government of failure and corruption. That's why those pathological liars rise to the top. And nobody is a better example of that than this in diaper. Suffering from dementia, yet still... With the greatest support among the greatest con artists.
2: Do you think he has to acknowledge the reality uh, more that people aren't feeling the economic recovery that he se- sees and touts when it comes to the data?
11: Well, remember, we've just come out of a terrible global pandemic and the economic consequences of that. It was Joe Biden that led us out of that. And it's true.
3: It was the Democrat mafia in conjunction with the Chinese Communist Party and nefarious communists, Marxists, socialists, or profiteers of policies like George Soros that led up to the entire pandemic that was the greatest weapon used on the American people and mankind. Kevin in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh,
1: Hey, Sean, thanks for rolling out the red carpet on Friday, man. It was great checking out the store and meeting the guys and everything. Thanks for
3: making the trip. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thank you.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, but before I get to um, your uh, Tesla propaganda segment on Friday, uh, I would just like to say I know me and one of the gentlemen there um, at your store we were discussing the Tesla weight. Uh, I looked it up; the heaviest vehicle is the Model X, clocking in at just under five thousand four hundred pounds. So we were actually pretty far off.
3: Um, they're they're a little bit lighter than we thought. But yeah. um, and you know what's funny? Um, as we face the new yeah, the hurricane hitting. One of the things that I forgot to talk about when we were talking about this topic is the amount. You know, where I live in Southwest Florida, there's a tremendous amount of Teslas. I mean, it's insane. This is where they oh, yeah. they, they thrive. The amount of once they were in the floodwaters, the amount of fires, it was crazy, man. I don't know what the hell. Was oh going yeah, on. but once they were underwater, the flames and the fires, and they couldn't put them out, even though they were underwater. It was crazy, and that's a problem uh, that I yeah. think they haven't perfected, but they're faking.
1: They, they haven't. And you're not even supposed to put out electrical fires with water anyways, uh, yeah. chemicals. But um, yeah. uh, listening to some of the clips on the segment Friday, I just wanted to, to say that, um, you know, it's always you always hear the news with the crashes on autopilot and this and that. And it was actually the very first time I called in on your show. It was about a year ago. Uh, we talked about this. They make a device where you can put on the steering wheel that actually cheats the car because when you've got all this stuff go autopilot number one is different than full self drive. Like right. autopilot's not going to stop at stoplight, So if you're not paying attention, you could easily cause an accident. But yeah, um, you you need to be aware. You, you you it's not like you can put it on full self drive and, and take a nap. Uh, you know, and it's going to get you to your destination. They they have this weight that they put on the steering wheels um, that that cheats it because the car asks you to touch the steering wheel like very often, like every thirty seconds, it probably probably more often, yeah. and. So these guys put the a weight on
3: it to cheat it, so they could it, sleep and go home tricks, drunk and whatnot. It,
1: it it tricks the car, and I would love to know how many of these accidents that the news reports as Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. I mean, you know, they're trying to kill Elon. Tesla, yeah, Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. That you know that how many of these people were actually being extremely irresponsible and and are the reason for the crash in the first place? Well, that's so I know start. the tech isn't there. I mean, yeah. you know.
3: Let's start with all of them, and we'll work backwards from there. But, hey, listen, like I told you Friday, if it would have worked, I'd be the biggest champion for it because I love the car, right. the look of it, because yeah. it's basically designed by a Maserati designer. But I also yep. am aware of how how subsidized the entire movement was, and that's the part I can't wrap my head around. But I appreciate the input, brother. Thank you very much. I'm glad you had a good time. Matt in Mount Greenwood.
12: Hey, good, mor- <clears throat> good afternoon, Sean, I should say.
3: Good afternoon.
12: I got to say, it sounds like uh, Pritzker's got matzo balls in his mouth when he speaks, but that's not why I called.
3: No. Uh, his cheeks kid, are big. You kid, can't get those moving easy. There's a lot of flub going on. Uh, you ever hear when we get Cream Puff uh, Jim uh, calling? Same problem. His cheeks are like hubcaps. Exactly. Go ahead. Right.
12: <laughs> Anyways, my kid just called me today. He's in a large university in central Iowa, and uh, he's in his physics class. His physics teacher is a mechanical engineer. Eight years as a Marine. He taught for eight years at Vanderbilt and then he transferred over to this university in Iowa. Anyways, the guy is uh, pretty smooth. My son said, he said, My son vetted this guy. He's, he owns a couple of businesses, one of which is a battery parts manufacturer for the battery industry for uh, electric automobiles. The guy says, Yeah, they're really cool. They're kind of fun toys, real torquey, fun to drive in a straight line. He says, But they're absolutely unsustainable. Yeah. He was asked why would you do it? He goes, Why not? He goes, It's a surf fire of bet to make money because it's subsidized by the government. He goes, I can't fail. I cannot fail in my business.
3: <laughs> you know, man, it's it's it's, it, it, it's hysterical that that moment of honesty. And you know what else is funny? It's in Iowa, the land of the subsidy. It wouldn't survive. Iowa would be folded up and, and, and would have to become parts of other states if it wasn't for subsidies. The whole fracking state is subsidized. It's uh it's a sad admission of the true face of greed. The subsidy, it's inter- it's terrible. But these, yeah.
12: yeah, there's there's most of these kids. He says are pretty conservative in his in his class, and uh, he said the the a few of the kids were just awestruck and just jaw dropped. He's like no, it can't be true. Yeah, guy's like it's absolutely true. They had electric cars a hundred years ago. They failed then. They're going to fail again. Yeah. But it was a great story.
3: I love it, Matt. Thank you for participating Later. in the call. I appreciate you, brother. Thank yes, you very sir. much. Bye-bye. And that's why I always remind people, Saul Alinsky wasn't really a communist. He wasn't really a Marxist. He was a greedy failure who figured out a way to put a virtue shield on fraud. That's what the Democrat mafia and unfortunately our government has mastered. Chuck Indulovan knows that Saul Alinsky died in a $2.2 million mansion in Carmel, uh, California. Thank you very much, Chuck. Hey, how are you? What's going on? Not much. What's going on? I wanted to tell you, I just turned over to Big Box Store.
10: It's on Route 43 and Racine in Muskego. I'm not going to mention a name, but (laughs) while I was there, they gave everybody a 20% off. Ooh. So you can go there. You can get Kimby's diapers. You can get bacon. You can get uh, Carharts, and you can get an AK-47. So Ooh. I went over there. I treated myself to a Red Rider BB gun, the 357 model. And shoot I, your eye I, out, kid. Go ahead. I know, and I filled out all the paperwork. And when I filled it out, they wanted to know if I was uh, if. First of all, I couldn't say if I was white. I couldn't say if I was Caucasian. This is on the federal form that you fill out, and they send it. And then you get approved and they let you take the gun home with you. Really? And, and it, Yeah, and so it said, it's, uh, even if you were black, you couldn't say that. You had to say, I am a, a Hispanic or no, I am not Hispanic. So that's on the federal firearms license stuff now that huh. goes to get cleared. The next thing that I thought was bad was, it said, are you female or are you a male or are you non-binary? I was like, who sits in a room and I didn't authorize the government to say that.
3: Did I you would put like nine, non-binary? Sure. Did you put non-binary? Please tell me you did. Because I've been up there in Wisconsin, and <laughs> no, I'm not quite sure no, what your diagnosis no, is.
10: No, no. Uh, no, I, no, I, no, I put down, I identified as a female.
3: Oh, good, good. Because I don't think you've ever met a girl that could fit into your underwear. Thank you very much. I appreciate it up there in Wisconsin. But my favorite part is to watch the foreign world suffer with American verbiage. Say L G B T Q A I plus. Correct me. We know L stands for lesbians. Uh Uh-huh. G for gays. All right. for bisexuals. Okay. T for transgenders. Sure. Q for queers. Who? All right. I for intersex. Oh. A for asexual. Oh.
10: Look, we have not try to know what plus means.
3: Oh, boy. And, my Lord, this is going to be the core of the problem which a lawsuit would face if the judiciary were to take over the function of regulating the relationship after recognizing... Oh, boy. What about the guy that wants to sleep with a buffalo with a feather duster in his rear end? Oh, we call him part of the Democrat Party. Three one two We'll be back. This is the Sean
0: Thompson show Where Democrats are always wrong Republicans are seldom right And politicians are never ever To be trusted On AM560, The Answer AM560, The Answer
3: so the guy who designed it We had a caller into the show Franz von Holshausen It turns out he's an American uh, He did work for the People's Car Volkswagen. He worked uh, in 92 for Volkswagen on the Bug and the new Beetle. He also, ironically, worked on the Pontiac soltus I'm getting to Mazda. He worked in Mazda. He worked in a lot of car companies, but he is the so called designer and creator of the Tesla. Which, if you're in Chicago, I think there's good news. I don't think that the um, honorable students at CPS can figure out how to open the door. But uh, if you're outside of the car, it's still quite dangerous. Here is a new uh, tour guide for the Gangster Disciples and the CPS. Stop screaming Stop screaming and give me the code. See, we've uh, got that down for tour guides, and I'm wondering why this isn't getting national news, as robberies in the city of Chicago have increased since before the pandemic over 100 percent it seems to be a problem unless of course you're a democrat and you don't want to talk about it and that's what we figured out from kjp this weekend as she admits i don't really call on anybody i don't know
5: i, I won't say who the journalist's name is um, but uh, someone said she never calls on me
3: no um but
5: What's, what's
4: the protocol? I mean, okay. you, you, I mean you do look around, right? I
8: do look around, and here's the thing. I tell people, come see me. Right. Come see me. Right. Come make it up. A- well, and isn't that one of those and get, things? And get to know me because what I what tends to happen. I call on people that I don't know, but it's always your brain, yeah. right? Just automatically, there are fifty more, fifty plus yeah. people in the That's room. Cool. You're going to be like, okay, I know you. Go ahead, ask your <laughs> question. Or you, you, but you want that, to have a person. You also want to know the person that you're calling yes. because you also want to give people like, oh, this is this is so and so, and calling on them now.
3: Yeah, because I got some questions I'd like you to answer for number one victor shokin see victor shokin is really somebody who has to be recognized by this country because it's another nail in the coffin of the fact that we have the most obvious corrupt asset of enemies, foreign and domestic, posing as president.
14: I do not want to deal in unproven facts, but my firm personal conviction is that, yes, this was the case. They were being bribed. The fact that Joe Biden gave away $1 billion in uh, U.S. uh, money in exchange for my dismissal, my firing, isn't that alone a case of corruption?
3: Only in an honest society, one that wants to Practice honesty and not protect corruption. But when you have Democrats in office, the corrupt predators are always going to be protected, in particularly when they're so-called officials.
14: I have no doubt that there were illegal activities engaged in by uh, Burisma. As a matter of fact, the criminal case had been started before me. It continued to expand. And Slochevsky, who at the time held the post of minister and was the founder and CEO of Purisma, uh, started bringing in people who could provide protection for him.
3: Hunter Biden. See, that would be called an arc of corruption, wouldn't it, Squirrel? I believe that would be called an arc of corruption. Did you ever hear how Democrats describe an arc?
6: You know, I think so much about it. I, I talk about... You know, we talk about the arc. Uh I think about it as also like a relay race and those who carried the baton and were measured by what they did when they had it, and then they passed it to us.
3: So the failure and corruption we all experienced while Joe Biden was vice president was really a result of Obama's corruption, and now we could just expect double. Only this time the vice president is easy! Tramp! We'll be back in 21 hours to kick their teeth in again.